Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. I'm like trying to, I'm just going to keep talking because I don't, my Kelly's not here. She's having Skype issues. And, uh, but anyway, so I'm just going to talk about some stuff. (laughs) I am, here's the thing. I am so excited about this show today. I am about peeing in my pants because two things, two of my favorite things, um, are, are going to be going on today. The first thing is we're going to be talking to one of my absolute fave authors and power moms, um, Kate McKay. And she sent me her book months ago. When she when she was booked on the show and um, it, it, it's called Living Sexy Fit. And when my husband got it, when my husband saw the book cover, he was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, when are you going to talk to her? <laughs> I'm like, what are you trying mm-hmm. to say? <laughs> hey, Kelly, I heard you giggle. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm Hi, giggling honey. today. You're giggling Hello. today? Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. You know why? Because I was prepping because for the you're... show with our second mm-hmm. guest. Naked Winery. I'm so excited about Naked Winery. Yeah. Can you tell? Uh Uh-huh. I saw the picture. You saw the picture on Facebook? Uh, Yes. We'll have to find out what Kate McKay has to say about drinking wine at 10 o'clock in the morning, if that fits into the healthy, Hmm. sexy, fit lifestyle. But I think she's going to be okay with it. I've just got a feeling. I've got a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) anyway i'm not really hammered i'm just in such a good mood because well i have been trying um i have been taste testing naked wineries stuff for oh my gosh what how long over a month now right and do you have have a favorite yet i do but you're gonna have to wait until david gets on oh okay i will (laughs) so oh my gosh so kelly i have to talk to you about this parent nation listen this is really exciting my husband and i occasionally watch tv in the morning okay right like on the weekends so Mm -hmm. we were watching this show and he goes look at this it was this it, it was an arena right with thousands of screaming fans sitting in this arena and they were watching video games. And I'm like, well, maybe it's some kind of a PlayStation conference where they're like releasing the new titles, you know, like in direct sales and stuff like that. You go to conference or right. convention and they release the upcoming stuff and everybody goes batshit crazy in the audience. Right. right. No, 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 Kelly. This well, was okay. it was a major league gaming conference. Major League Gaming. 
Major League. I didn't know they had Major League. They so do. This particular conference, oh, yeah, Karina, it's totally super nerd. But listen, this particular conference, the, the purse was $750,000. And they were playing this um, League of Legends. They're part of this League of Legends group. And they were playing Call of Duty. Oh. Right? And people get to know these gamers. They're gamers. If you go on YouTube and and if you're big into gaming, there are gamers that have like 30 million followers. Wow. Well, I I guess it's kind of cultish to me. It is kind of cultish. Well, like my kids are always talking about this PewDiePie. And I'm like, what's PewDiePie? Mm -hmm. It sounds like a, 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 you know, like a Heidi, like a... um, What's her name? The Curls. Heidi. You know who I'm talking oh. about. Shirley Temple. Sounds like a Shirley oh, Temple yes. character, okay. right? Sure. And there's that. Oh, my gosh. There, these people, if you go online, it's ridiculous. The um, Markiplier is another one. Huge. These guys have, like, um, the, uh, contracts with Red Bull. And, uh, wow. like, millions of dollars they're making by playing video games or live streaming themselves playing video games. It's crazy. So here's what they did. They want to call it athletic. They want to call it a sport. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, okay, come on. I guess it could be considered a sport in the same way that NASCAR is a sport. Well, you got a point there. You know? So they wanted to consider it a sport, but they didn't really want to call them athletes because they were like, that's completely absurd. So what they did was they brought in these Olympic trainers, these people who own training facilities for Olympic athletes, and they sent Markiplier and his team to this training facility, right? And they had them work out in the way that you would work out if you were an Olympic athlete and they wanted to test your ability and stuff. Do you know that this trainer man came back and and dashed the dreams of every parent in the world when he said, well, the stress level and their heart rate and the sustained heart rate that they experience um, and the energy that they put out would be equivalent to what I've seen in Olympic athletes. So. If I had to call it a sport, I would call it an athletic sport. I'm like, come on. I know. (laughs) We know the kids get a hold of this news. Exactly. So I'm like, great. (laughs) You've just basically killed the argument of every parent in America who's saying, get off your ass and go outside and do something. Because they're like, mom, I'm working out right now. Look at my thumb muscles. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, come on, people. Go get me a power bar, Mom. I've been playing for four hours and haven't even peed. What are we doing? Oh, oh my gosh. Bring me so, a bucket. Yep. It's crazy. It's insane. Wow. I can't even believe it. So now, of course, my husband, you know, with 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 my son's dream, he's like, Mom, all I want to do is live stream. I want to do tutorials for Minecraft. And don't you understand? So now my husband's talking to the kids about this. So now they get out all of the data. Now they're selling the career to their dad. And he's mm. like, so, well, what do you need? Like, if you wanted to make these videos and you really wanted to make money at this, what would you need? Well, they know. 
they're like, well, we would need a gaming console. We would need a, we would need a computer that we could program on and we have to have video streaming capabilities and blah, 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 blah. And we'll use mom's microphone. Oh, <laughs> instead of a PayPal account, mm-hmm. bring the money in. I wanted to punch well, him in the head when he said he was going to use my microphone. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you must be out your damn mind. But, but it's crazy. Well, it's crazy. I can't even I can't, believe it. So I can't. Yeah. Can't wait to see where that goes. So all of you people who are posting videos of yourselves running over your kids' games with your lawnmower, you just killed a million-dollar <laughs> career, baby. Now how cool <laughs> are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now how slick are you? That kid had no hope except for those games, and you just dashed them. Wow. <laughs> well, that is interesting. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's always something. It's always something, and now the, the whole Christmas list has changed. Oh, right in the middle, huh? Right, right in the middle yeah. of the game. My kid went online last night. And said, oh, I wanted to tell you guys, I'm taking that thing that I had on on my Christmas list. I'm taking that off because that's not the model that I want. I put the new one on my Christmas list. Me and Chris looked at each other like, you dumbass. We ordered that three months ago. (laughs) 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 I guess you're getting the crappy model. Oh, well. Right. We'll just have to see. Did you see the thing that I posted on Facebook about uh, Santa? Yes. If you, what do you think of that, Kelly? Basically, if you're not on Facebook, Parent Nation, go there because get on there. Get on there. Be part of the conversation, <laughs> stalkers. Anyway, so I posted this thing. I'm getting so many comments and questions and and people calling my house, which is kind of different. Um, wow. I'm not used to that. I know I should take my phone number off. But anyway, now I'm going to get a thousand more phone calls, but who cares? Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to scream into the answering machine. <laughs> right. But anyway. You need an assistant to screen your right. call. Oh, I need an assistant. Kelly, yeah. I'm going to have all my calls Hi. forwarded to you. Forwarded. Okay. But listen, I'm getting a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, my kids are my kids are so ungrateful and my kids are just asking for so much for Christmas. Here's the thing that I think we're forgetting you set your child up if you do this if this is your if you are the the christmas celebrator and and you do the whole santa thing here's what you've done think about this from the time your child was a teeny teeny baby you've set them up with the belief system that there is some magical man who makes all the toys in the world according to your wish list and all you have to do is write shit down and throw it up your chimney or throw it in a random mailbox. And he has the ability to bring you all that stuff. And then when your kid gets old enough to write, you want to complain because they're putting too much stuff on their wish list. Mm. And you want to call them ungrateful and entitled. You, you set them up with the dream of the universe and then expected them to control their impulses. Yeah. You know, until you said that, I didn't really give too much thought to it, but it's so true because we love, you know, we love the holidays and we love, we love their wish list. Once they write it out, we keep it forever and we take pictures of it and we put it on Facebook. And then, like you said, turns around 
Well, they should be wanting to do community service, and <laughs> um, they shouldn't be asking for all this stuff. Exactly. I look totally at this. See what you're now saying. they're posting it on Pinterest and going, look at my kids' wish list. This is ridiculous. No, it's not. It's a dream. Right. So if you want them to limit their dreams, then tell them that story. You know, if you want your child to believe that Santa brings you three really important things to you, then tell them that story. But, you know, I think we need to back off a little bit. Let the kids dream. And then when they don't get everything that they wanted on their wish list, you could say, hey, there you go. Santa taught you a lesson. You don't get everything Uh you want. You just get the stuff that you asked for the most. Let, let's let's look at it like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's my thing. We haven't, uh, we've been moving away from, I think we've been moving away from the true meaning of Christmas way too much. Oh, you think? You think? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. Most of the kids, they, they probably don't even know. Right. Right. And, you know, there's a really awesome article out right now. Um, about it's, there is no reason for the season anymore and it's getting a lot of flack as most articles like it will, but I think we are losing it. You know, there was nothing, we didn't have a problem with Christmas back in the day when kids had a thousand things on their lists that they asked for, but the most important thing was still family and community. Mm -hmm. It's what we get, what we focus on, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that whole, I know that mom wrote that article about how she's taken away Christmas. Everybody wrote that yeah. or read that. I'm, I'm taking away Christmas from my kids. You know, here's the thing, folks. If you're going to read articles like that, don't even read the title. I mean, don't even give it a second thought. If the title catches your attention, just read the article and don't think one more second about the title because titles are altered to make you read the article. That's right. their job. It's, it's, you know, it, it's to garner clicks and to garner views. That's why people write these crazy impassioned titles for stuff. So read the title. If it catches your interest, don't give it a second thought and just read the article because really what it comes down to is you can't take Christmas away from someone who believes in Christmas. You can't take the birth of Christ away from a Christian. Okay. Just like you can't take the eight days and nights of the, you know, the, the lamp away from people who celebrate Hanukkah. You can't take that away. You can focus on kids asking for too big of a present every single night for eight nights, or you can focus on getting back the the tradition of your holiday, which is what that mom really wanted to do. So she focused less on the give the gifts and stuff like that and focused more on community service. And maybe that's what we need to be doing more of. I don't know. That's what I I'm like that. My kids don't want to decorate no more. Really? They don't. They don't want to decorate. And my husband and I talked about it. And it's like we're getting to the point now where we don't even – like the tree, we put it up because we, set, we host Christmas. But to be, all, to be honest with you, I'd rather just host Christmas, you know, mm. and, and do without all of the decorating. If you don't – I mean, I'm in the toy industry. It's crazy. Right. I don't – I don't have time to do it. And then I feel guilty because I didn't do it enough when it's really not about the decorations. 
My husband's like, you know, Christmas is in nine days. I'm like, yeah, it's in nine days. Like, I've got nine more days. My family (laughs) used to put up our tree on Christmas Eve. That was part of the mystery of Christmas was that Santa put up our tree. How do you like that? That's German. That's very German. Oh, okay. I do like that. Yep. My mom did that forever. Maybe I'll go back to that. Maybe that'll be a way that I honor my mom since she's not with us anymore. (laughs) I'll just be like, look, I'll get an inflatable one. (laughs) (laughs) All you do is plug it in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So we only have a few minutes to go. And I had so many fun things I wanted to talk to you about, like the 50 things that you're not supposed to do when you're over 50, like jello shots. Don't you tell me not to do jello shots. Well, you have a ways to go before you're 50, so get them yeah, all I'm in now. Gonna, I'm not going to stop, though. I'm no. not going to stop doing jello shots. Jello shots are awesome. It's food <laughs> and fun. Right. There shouldn't <laughs> be an age limit on that. There's always room for jello. Ergo, there's always room for tequila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. And then we had the FedEx. You know that you're in the toy distribution business when a FedEx truck crashes in your area. And you're Ooh. looking for logos on the boxes. Ah, <laughs> like crap! I hope none of those were mine. That. I you saw, saw that, that in Jersey. Too. Yeah. You know what it is? They connect those trucks now. You can't just have oh. one truck. You got to have a truck, mm. and then you link and log it to another truck, and then you try to drive mm. that eighty-five foot long thing down a damn highway, and you wonder why they crash. It's too heavy on the back, probably. Or like, too yeah, light, one they... of the two. <laughs> It's insane. I feel bad for the drivers because these guys are under way too much pressure to get us our stuff. But yeah, yeah, but it's just, it's too much and it's too crazy. So, well, when we, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to, uh, who are we talking to first? Are we talking to Kate McKay first? Um, Healthy, sexy, fit Kate McKay. Yeah. No, we're talking to Dave. We're going to talk to Dave first. We're going to yeah. talk to Dave Berenger of Naked Winery, which I'm just Yay. excited thinking about it. Looking at my bottle mm-hmm. of O-orgasm as I sit Ooh. here. Look at, <laughs> it's totally inappropriate because I can't even put the wine out when the kids are around. But he's going to tell <laughs> us how he's going to reduce the divorce rate in our country through wine, which is a very exciting concept. Uh-huh. When we come back. In this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. 
Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. Oh, M.G., I am so excited about our first guest. Kelly, how long have we waited? <laughs> it's been at least a month and a half. It's been at least a case of wine and a half. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so not very I long. Saw, I saw this ad for this awesome winery on Facebook. It's the power of Facebook, right? And they yeah. were doing... Um, breast cancer fundraising. And I was like, that's so awesome. So I checked it out and I fell in love with the names of the wine. And I was like, well, if the wine tastes half as good as it sounds, I've got to check this out. So I contacted Naked Winery and asked if we could have their amazing founder and owner, David Berenger, on the show. And he agreed. And it is so exciting. And it's been a love affair ever since because I love, (laughs) I'm in Pennsylvania, so I can't just have wine shipped to my door. Pennsylvania, free the grapes, by the way. And um, so I have to go to a state store, a local state store, to pick up my wine shipments. And when I walk in now, they know me by name. It's so mm. exciting. It's, it's nice <laughs> when your local liquor store, wine and spirits store, knows you by name. So I thank Naked Winery for that, too. Yeah, because it's all you. Because <laughs> I don't buy a lot of liquor otherwise. I'm just saying. It's not like I'm in there all the <laughs> So, David, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am awesome. I'm sitting here with three bottles of wine at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, It's a little scary, isn't it? It is, (laughs) but I'm good at it. I'm a professional, so you're in good hands. Fantastic. (laughs) So it's so funny because I was reading about you. You're an ex-Silicon Valley guy, and you moved to Oregon. It's a beautiful place. Awesome. I mean, you moved there to raise your family. That that's really that in of itself is is a huge story. So, what would make you go from that big, booming, amazing opportunity, Silicon Valley kind of lifestyle to laid back Oregon? Hey, let's start a vineyard winery lifestyle. Well, my my two boys and my lovely wife. Uh, 
And it's funny you ask that because uh, some of my Silicon Valley friends thought I actually should seek medical attention, you know, psychological attention. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted my boys to to grow up in an environment where we weren't focused completely on stuff and material things. And I think, uh, and this is not true of all Silicon Valley, but there's a lot of pressure down there to kind of keep up with this stuff. And I just wanted to get away from that and focus on uh, you know, the experience and have my boys uh, grow up in a place where people knew them and they knew other people. And it wasn't about what, you know, what kind of shoes you were wearing or something like that. That makes complete sense. I mean, being as close to Manhattan as I am, um, we see a lot of wall street babies going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, I totally get you. And we live in the sticks. We moved to the sticks because we wanted land and we wanted, if we told our kids to get off their butts and go do something, we wanted to have a place where they could actually do that. So, yeah, and it's funny, like we live in a little town as well. And uh, when my uh, boys were younger, we came up to a stoplight and there were two cars behind us. And my son asked me, if, Daddy, is this a traffic jam? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cute. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, that's, it was, but it's a nice lifestyle. It is. It's very laid back. So what made you get into the wine business, though? I mean, you went from, I'm assuming, Silicon Valley, you were into technology and that sort of thing. What what made the whole idea of owning a winery appeal to you? Well, uh, you know, my wife, Jody wanted to run a business. Uh, she had this MBA that she hadn't used enough, and uh, my very good friend up here was a winemaker, and we were uh, sitting together one night uh, sharing a, a bottle of wine, and they were talking about getting into the wine business, and I said, oh, that's crazy, um, yeah, because it's not a good business financially, uh, and I said, I don't want to do it unless we do it for a reason, and um, so they wanted to do it so badly, they finally convinced me, and, uh, and my reason is, I'm not going to do it just to make wine. I, you know, let's have a mission that is valuable, and that mission, which you know is already described in their show here, is that cutting America's divorce rate in half. Uh, so that's what got me to do it. Otherwise, um, I said I wasn't going to play. Wow. That's amazing to me because um, there's, <laughs> there's actually a, a winery for sale in my area, and... You did this back in 1999 right. before the millennial generation changed the way we buy wine in this country. I mean, it, wine is it, – it's a hobby now. Oh, good. Drinking it. That's good. <laughs> Have you read well, the – I'm sure you've read those articles and, and reports and stuff that say that we actually – the way – the level at which we buy wine today is actually changing the way it's sold and made. Yeah, and, and I'm hopeful there. I was, you know, a little bit nervous uh, back in the day because I remember being at a, a, a local hotel here, and, a, and a, a woman came up and she was afraid to order wine because she might order the wrong wine. I said, "What have we done in America? It's crazy. It's a beverage. You know, no one's afraid to order pizza, right?" Um, so I, I'm glad to hear that it's it's, it's becoming a normal, happy, uh, healthy habit for people. Oh my gosh, yeah. We have like play dates where, you know, moms will bring wine to play dates and because here's the thing, we've realized that it's something to and I, I I'm not sure if this is where you're going with your cutting the divorce rate in half thing, but I think it's one of those things that kind of lubricates conversation. It's not something that you drink and get sloppy drunk. You're not doing shots. Yeah. Yeah, you know? you're, you're you're so correct there. And and wine by definition is social. 
And, um, you know, the, the, the genesis for, for me and my wife, Jody is we were starting to lose some friends because they were getting divorced, and all of a sudden you're picking one friend or the other, and you're not even picking, they're picking kind of sometimes. We said, why did that happen? This couple was so in love, and they were so amazing. And our conclusion was, and this may not always be the case, but they weren't spending enough time together. They weren't, you know, so people talk about quality time and things like that. We said, hey, how about 15 minutes a night, you shut off all your electronics, your iPad, your iPhone, your Android, your TV, and you share a glass of wine with each other. You don't even have to talk. Just spend time together. And then maybe, you know, after a little bit of wine, you look across, you see the other person's eyes, maybe even touch and hold hands. You know, I'm a hopeful romantic, uh, and and that's really what it's about for us, uh, sharing that time with someone you care and love. Good stuff. Love that. I love that. And especially, I don't know if you listened to the first segment, but that's what I want the, the holidays to get back to. I mean, not yeah, like wouldn't, wouldn't you know, families having orgies in their living rooms, but, you know, like people having intimate conversations again, you know, yeah, it's being not about yeah. yes. being actually there with the other person. And by the way, I think that's what people love. I think people crave it. Uh, probably that's why the popular social networks are doing so well, but they're really missing out because you're going through a device as opposed to, yeah, there's so much that happens when you really look in someone else's eyes. I mean, try it. Uh, we probably haven't done it enough lately. Um, you know, really be with that other person, uh, not thinking about what you're going to do next, and you'll, good things will happen for you. That's what we believe. Absolutely, like, oh, orgasmic. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what you mentioned, like, you know, you do play dates. I mean, that's what, and, and Naked Winery, our wine club members, we have play naked dates. We go outside and do things together like snowshoeing, and uh, we have play naked dates inside, which aren't like the fancy wine dinners. Like, we, we do like a medieval banquet, and you come in and we hand you a spoon and uh, that kind of thing, a wooden spoon, by the way. Uh, so it, it is about having fun and, you know, maybe throwing a little entertainment, a little escapism, and, um, you know, I would say if, if someone wants to have a wonderful dinner, someone has to cook. And if you want to have a wonderful romance, someone has to get it started. And, yeah. and we think a glass of wine is a great way to do that. Heck yeah. And I love that um, the the one in the plastic bottle. Oh, I yeah, love yeah. the plastic bottle. I think you should come out with Playdate wine and put it in a okay. plastic bottle. There you go. I love that one. And I well, would well, like to see, like, maybe a, a presents wine presence yeah See, we'll write that down thank you well, see, my, my, my favorite wine is, is foreplay and no joke here um, and if someone would have taught me more about back rubs when i was high school would have in high school would have changed my love life but i love being able to come home and saying to my wife jody hey after the boys are in bed how about a little foreplay you know and, and just if i can get a smile going you know i know i'm gonna have a good evening that kind of, so. heck yeah that's mm-hmm. uh, and I I loved just having the bottles out and being able to do exactly what you did, like hey, how about a little tease? You yeah, know, how about a little it, foreplay? It's so much more fun. I mean, think about it when you know if you're out at a wine party and some wine professional comes up to you and says, uh, uh, "Gee, what kind of yeast do you think this was made with?" You know, and like going, "What kind of yeast? We're talking about yeast. No one's getting elected tonight." You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's just. It's crazy, you know. I mean, wine is, is meant to be the catalyst. It, you know, when it's really good wine, no one's talking about it. We're talking about each other. We're talking about what, what you did today, what you're going to do tomorrow, those kind of things. You know, wine, like, wine is, like you said, I think, earlier, the social lubricant, and it just helps us 
be who we really want to be, and you don't get wasted on it because no one's sitting there chugging back a 12-ounce you know, glass of wine, typically. <laughs> right, unless you give me a really good Prosecco. Uh, well, then you should try our, our Cougar. Cougar is uh, my fave. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a semi-sparkling wine. And, um, you know, I love champagne, and fantastic things can happen with champagne, but sometimes it's just a little too bubbly, uh, so it's not quite as refreshing. So, if you, you know, you back off the, the bubbles a little bit, like in a Prosecco, and uh, then it's just, it's just perfect. It's refreshing and can please a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I want to see some Christmas recipes with your wines. Ah, I want to put should, those on Moms and Bars. Yeah, because, you know, we do those uh, hot mall wine things in our taste rooms, and we probably should just publish that, let people know, and like, or, like, make the perfect mimosa and those kind of things. Well, we do make crazy cocktails, too, sometimes for a naked winery where we actually maybe put some of our virgin Chardonnay, a little Red Bull, and a little vodka together. Then it gets a little nutty. But oh, my it, gosh. That's like <laughs> go-go juice. I know, and I, well, I saw, I, you know, of course, I've seen many pictures of you holding a martini glass, and, and many a martini has been consumed here at the winery, so... We understand That's that so as well. Awesome. <laughs> see, now can you just see it? Can you see just the, that same picture, but with the naked winery bottle in my hand? See, we got places to go, my friend. I am Thank so you. excited. <laughs> I want to make, um, I want to make like some kind of a uh, winter punch. So yeah. for my like a winter sangria or a winter punch or something like that for my my yeah. Christmas Eve party. So what do you suggest? Well, you know, you can do both a red and a white sangria, but if I were going with a typical red, you want a, you want a fruity wine. So then, you know, I'm going to pick something like uh, our Vixen Syrah, believe it or not, or, uh, of course, uh, we could go with a Diva Sangiovese, uh, which would be the classic, you know, so it's, uh, it's the wine of Chianti, if you will. Um, and then, you know, I don't know the exact recipe, then you're going to pick out the fruit juices you want and some fresh fruit as well and, and go that way. If you're doing the white side, you know, I'd actually go for that uh, plastic bottle wine, the Wonderless White, or mm. if you're going a little sweeter, maybe uh, the Picnic Table Pink. And actually, now you just made me think of what I said a little sweeter. We make this wine. It's called Booty Call. <laughs> and uh, I know, it's crazy. And I'll just, you know, I know one probably out there in the radio world knows that I'm, a, I'm an older guy. Uh, I didn't even know what Booty Call meant, you know, when my team <laughs> came up with the name. I had to look it up on the Internet. So... I'm just a little bit dated, but it is a fun wine because it's a, we take a, a white, well, we take Cabernet juice and uh, we take the juice off the top and don't ferment it with the skin. So it, it has a good flavor, but we leave it pretty darn sweet. And it works out to be a, be a wonderful wine to make, uh, you know, kind of a um, light fruit punch bowl kind of pink uh, sangria, if you will. That would be so awesome. And put some And a little crazy, too, and then throw some cougar in to give it a little bubbles, you know, like where people sometimes uh, will put in, uh, what do you call it, ginger ale or uh, Sprite, that kind of thing. Right. Or champagne or Prosecco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I, all about I, We that will wine. have to go out sometime because I, I love nice champagne and Prosecco. <laughs> I would love that. Where are you located, like your your act, your main winery? Main winery here is in, in Hood River, Oregon, uh, and that is in Portland, Oregon, which is right on the uh, Washington-Oregon border, about an hour and a half from uh, the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so we live in a lovely spot in the Columbia Gorge here, uh, amazing place. And uh, we're very lucky also. It's a perfect place to grow grapes. So we're very lucky that way. 
That's so awesome. I love going on your Facebook page and seeing all of the pictures of your staff. And I got the mugs because I love the, oh my the gosh, on the bottom it the says Shh, it's wine and it's a coffee yeah. mug. I love that. Yeah. I put a picture of that up on my mom's and bars page. I just love everything that you guys do. And your staff is so fun to work with. Like they're so oh everybody's gosh. so personable. Yeah, I have to just try to keep up with them. And I, they are fun. I mean, like Becky, who I, is works with me a lot in marketing, but she came up with her title as Secret Weapon. I mean, who does that? Um, That's on her business just, cards. It's the cutest thing ever. I know, but it's great. And, and well, okay, since we're talking here, you know, people ask me, like, Dave, what is the best thing about being in the wine business? And the best thing for me is that, you know, we built this business, and now we have a whole bunch of people who have jobs and you know, they have insurance and things like that. And, and by the way, that's the kind of thing that just makes me feel good at the end of the day. And, uh, well, and well, can I share one little story? I don't know if we have time. Um, we have like um, less than a minute. Okay. I'll just share briefly, quickly. I got a, a huge hug in the teaser, a cheerful hug from a, a woman. And I was all nervous, uh, like what's going on. And cause I had shared my mission statement and she said a year ago, you had done that with me and my husband. And we were kind of on the rocks. We started going home and having a glass of wine with each other nightly. And now everything had worked out. And that, that made the whole company worthwhile right there. Oh, my um, gosh. You know. you know what? That's true, isn't it? That's the epitome. We say that in every – anybody who's an entrepreneur or an author or whatever, we say all it takes is that one testimonial that says I've made a difference in somebody's life to make the, all of it worthwhile. And, oh, my yeah, gosh, you guys yeah. are doing an amazing job with Naked Winery. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. Parent Nation, check them out on our Facebook page, on their own Facebook page, Naked Winery. Connect with them on Twitter. It's so worth it. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you. Or close your iTunes player. Uh, oh, f*** it. Parent Nation, Tara Kennedy-Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. 
and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so coming down from uh, from that awesome. That was like an an idol experience for me. Really? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> That's so fun. Thank you, Dave. That was so great. So my next guest is uh, an author that I have been following for a really long time. She's a transformational coach. She's a fitness guru. She's an entrepreneur, which speaks to my heart. And she's a mom of three, a single mom of three. Um, but she. She built this like multi-million dollar business from the ground up just like out of passion and conviction. And now she writes about how to live your best life and do what you dream and still love yourself no matter what at any age. And, uh, and uh, I mean, she's so smoking hot on the cover of her book. My husband was like, is she going to teach you how to look like that? And I'm like, no, she's going to teach me how to love this right here. <laughs> This four foot ten awesomeness in front of you. So, <laughs> so anyway, my first guest or my second guest is Kate McKay. Hey, Kate, how are you? Hey, I am absolutely thrilled to be here, and you are just hot and smoking at all your four ten. I just love that introduction, and I celebrate you, and I celebrate you in all your glory. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank intro. you, Kate. Thank you so much. You know, it took me a really long time because I was the girl who was four foot nine in eighth grade. So I grew like a whole inch and a half. And, uh, right. and so I was the person who never, ever, 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 ever liked the way I looked mm. ever. I was never thin enough. You know, that meme that they say, I wish that I realized when I thought I was fat that I wasn't fat? Absolutely, fat. right. We look back <laughs> at pictures of five years ago and go, I remember that day, and I thought I looked ugly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly. the, this is you're absolutely speaking the truth about the stories that we rewind and play in our own head. And even though the book that I wrote, Living Sexy Fit at Any Age, is about fitness, it really is about a book of transformation and embracing that self-worth. And this isn't all just lingo and language. I hear a lot about this in the media. It's even going over to the business world, which I'm thrilled about, really talking about personal transformation in your work. But it's about really taking actionable steps, putting your emotion behind the thought so that you can live the kick-butt life you deserve, right? So it's about living in action, rewinding and playing and hitting the delete button on those old stories that we, that we play, and then living in our big, no matter how tall we are. I'm only 5'2", um, okay. and I'm probably as tall to you, right, babe? So, um, you know, really living mm-hmm. in and trusting in your big and in your uniqueness in the way that you came here to be. It's just, it's, a, it's really powerful stuff to see it. 
people transform before you is just an amazing experience. And it doesn't matter, you know, the bottom line is this. If we're talking about monetizing our business, if, we're to, if we really discover truthfully what ignites us and lights us up, if we finally are ready to release that extra 20, 30, 50, I'm working with a client now in my new Heroes of Transformation series who's 430 pounds, and he was wow. beautiful. And you could see his beauty through his weight. He thought he was fooling us. You know, by hiding behind the weight, but, you know, this is the truth. We blow smoke up ourselves because people really do see us who we are, and we're more hiding from ourselves than we are from others. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I, I hid myself for so long and um, because as a kid, and I know they meant nothing by it, but my parents always wanted me to be in great shape. My dad owned a sports events promotion business. I was surrounded by <clears throat> incredible athletes my entire childhood, right? My mm. mom was always stick thin and perfectly tan. And, you know, so I was surrounded by these models that I always felt that I had to live up to. And so wow, that's some standard. It's, it, it was really so tough. Tell me, I'm so curious because... You have such a confidence about who you are now. So what was your transformation about? What was it finally, were you able to set yourself free from those stories? Because it sounds like you lived through that. I'm so curious. Because I realized a few things. One of them was when I was at, I went to a speaking engagement and I met a group of uh, young women and one of them came up to me and said, oh my gosh, I imagined you so much taller. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I may be, I may be short in stature, but, but my britches. Right. You're bigger and you're big. too big for your britches, right? So you, you, come, you are a big personality, a big-hearted, passionate personality in a small stature. So, it, you know, it belies, right? So, so you moved into alignment with that then yeah. at some point and, then. And my uh, message... So cool. Exactly. And that's, that's what I realized was that my purpose was bigger than my body. Mm. That's so, beautiful. And that's what helped me a lot, you know, and, and I'm, I admit it, I'm, I'm the one who's always on some kind of a diet, you know, I'm tr always trying to lose that little baby pouch in the front. But I think through this work, I've met so many amazing women who have given me permission to say, your body looks like that because you created two miracles you're allowed mm. to look like that. Right, absolutely. And, you know, this is the cool thing, and I'd love to touch on this because we're really talking about what it means, you know, for me being, because we're both moms, right? So what does it mean to be a powerful mom? And I think that this is a really great conversation because I was asked by a main uh, magazine to write an article about what it means to be a powerful mom. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I assumed that they were talking about fitness because I live fitness, but fitness is actually my personal journey. I'm, I help people monetize business and I speak, and I'm also creating a TV pilot right now. But really, fitness is sort of like my way that I deal with the ADD. It calms me down, right? So when they <laughs> yes. ask that question, I just assume that they were talking about fitness. Well, what do I do? I ask my kids, right? My oldest son said, you taught me about financial independence. Huh, powerful mom. My second son, you taught me about prosperity. You talk about living in my truth no matter what other people say. Oh, my goodness. My daughter, giggle, giggle, powerful means you can take away my electronics. Mm, truth. Um, but really what she said after this was the most powerful. You taught me to be independent, to, to, to think and feel for myself, and to advocate for others. 
Mm. All right? This, this moves me. This moves me. So it isn't about our fitness. It isn't about our physical stature. And that's why, you know, even though living the cover of my book and the name of my book is Living Sexy Fit, I'm 51 years old. You know, I compete in bikini competitions because I can, because I like to celebrate the body in its all its form and to celebrate vulnerability. Because really that's what it's about. Powerful is about, as women, is being able to show our heart and be strong in that place and also show this incredible vulnerability, which is just yummy. It's where the good stuff happens in life. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That, and see, there, that's sexy to me. Hey, baby, you know it. You get it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. I'm so thrilled. Right? So you get the message, right? And it's not about, you know, this Victoria's Secret illusion, it's about mm. living in alignment with who you are as a powerful feminine figure. I don't really love the word empowering because empowering means you've got to have someone else along for the ride. What does yep. it mean as a woman for you to be powerful? How do we redefine that word so it is yummy for other women? Mm. I love that. And it's so, you know, the universe doesn't make mistakes, right? So mm-hmm. last night I was driving to pick up my oldest son at wrestling and I had my younger guy with me. And we were talking about a conversation that I had with somebody where they said something that was meant to be cruel, but I've learned to let things that aren't true for me kind of bounce off of me. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a long journey. And mm-hmm. uh, my retort to that person wasn't rude or cutting. It was just actual data. Mm. And, and my son looked at me and he goes, you know, mom, you may be short, but I bet you, <laughs> he goes, I can't get over it. <laughs> He's like, but you can kick anybody's butt with words. Oh, oh and I'm well, like, look at that. So there's a perfect example of what I just described. That yeah. he sees truly who you are has nothing to do with your physicality. It is from your heart and soul where you speak. And so your son just mirrored that for you. I mean, how brilliant of a mommy moment is that? <laughs> exactly. And I would love for more moms to realize that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not the perception. It's not the reflection that your children are on you when you're in public. It's mm. how you reflect in your children. Do you mm. know what I mean? Well, like, your most important true values as are reflected through your kids. Like, are they kind? Are they children? Yes. Are they of integrity? It's what our core values are. You know, and kindness is, my, is one of mine, right? So we all have different ones that we hope to plant the seed of goodness in them. And then the whole process is just setting them free to go learn it on their own. And I think that's an important conversation, too, is powerful also means setting people free. And there's a lot of women who have so much identity through their children that they're imprisonment in that relationship because yep. they're now not able to really focus on their powerful feminine energy because they've been, they're entrapped in identity with their child. You yep. see this quite a bit. I, yeah, exactly. It's like, how does, you know how is saying? my child making me look? Yeah. Right. Of, and how know. do they make me feel? Yes. Oh my gosh. I think that these are the conversations. I know that there's a lot of conversations out there about how to stop bullying. I think Mm -hmm. these are the conversations that need to happen with children of all genders, of all ages. And those are the kind of conversations that are going to stop bullying. Because when we can be proud and empowered by ourselves and who we are, then we don't have to exert power over other people. And we don't have to take their bullshit because we know it's not true for us. 
Exactly right. Right. And then getting the, you know, because we can have, we can wrote, repeat what anti-bullying campaigns are telling us, but these are actual conversations that we used to have with our children. And this is a, a great way and a time for us to reflect on how are we supporting our children to be able to be autonomous and independent people? And are we modeling that for them? Are we modeling for our children what it means to be independent, autonomous, passionate, unique people as moms and dads? Right. Oh, my gosh. And it's so hard to be a mom nowadays because there's so many expectations on us to be super moms, you know? I agree. How do you how did you do it all? Because you literally did it all. With three you kids. know what? I I go by on a and you know and a hope and a prayer, and I believe balance is an absolute complete illusion. Oh, but really, thank God what you happens, said that. <laughs> yeah, it is an illusion. Get over it. You'll sleep when you're dead. This is the truth. Okay. So really, a, an important piece for me to communicate to you is that, and to listeners, is that really, if you're living in your passion, and I know a lot of for us moms, you know, a lot of our full passion about our kids, absolutely. But if you're living in alignment with why you came here on this earth, why you were birthed into this world, and what your divine assignment is, then everything just falls into place if and only if you set yourself free from self-sabotaging behaviors and actions and emotions and relationships that keep you small. But what about the mom who identifies with that as being her purpose? And that's completely, wonderfully okay. But this too shall pass. So what, you know, my mom had nine kids, okay? So a very traditional mom, right? She lived for her children. But the struggle of, of reaching her identity and, and the self-doubt and self-loathing that she still carries with her. I'm coaching my mom, you see? This is the beauty of as our parents age. We can say, Mom, you love me this big. So that I could live this day. And she's like, no, 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 she can't take any credit, you see. I'm like, Mom, I am who I am. I am courageous. I am brave. I am out here speaking from my heart because of how much you love me. She can't receive that. It's painful yeah. for her to receive that, right? But I don't care. I keep pouring into her. So see, for an example, you know, it is our children. But then what? The children, we must set them free. And then what will you fill your soul with? What will you fill your soul with as a woman, you know? And sure, exactly. parenting, mothering is, is unbelievable work, but it's drudgery. I don't know about you, but I find mothering drudgery. So, you know, <laughs> I got to find some bliss outside of that, because if I don't have that bliss going on inside, and for me, it's a big spiritual component. Um, God plays a big piece in my life, because that's really what set me free from the self-doubt. But, you know, where is your bliss inside? And that's what Living Sexy Fit is about. It's about embracing who you are, just like you brought up in your story and your son seeing that, how beautiful, you know, who are you and how are you showing up and, and then fulfilling that mission. And I love that you talk about, um, uh, the parenting part being drudgery, but more importantly, modeling the behavior instead of making it um, a chore. In other words, I have to go to the gym or I have to go to the farmer's market to buy, you know, because I can't be buying all the crap food and I can't be feeding them all the crap food that's on the shelves. And so, you know, we make it part of our burden instead of making it just part of who we are, right? Like you right. talk about just just living that. I mean, how do you 
how do you make that whole process seamless? Well, just by making yourself the model, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's seamless. And I think that there's a whole bunch of time in, in, our, in our mothering where our kids just don't like us. Okay, so we have to accept the fact that they're not always going to think we're cool. We have to accept the fact that we're living in our core values of love, gratitude, joy, achievement, doing your best, living with passion, whatever it is. Define Mm -hmm. it. Define what is the core three non-negotiables, even in a marriage. You know, I'm divorced because I married a man that that did not. um, uh, You know, there's one thing that's non-negotiable, and that's someone doing saying what they're going to do do. They're going to do what they say and say what they do. Um, and he didn't have that. A kind, wonderful man, but he didn't have that value. We didn't share it. So, you know, so what non-negotiable are you, are you mothering through? And make sure you're living in that. Now, if your kids, you know, are, you know, I have teenagers. They're 19, 17, 13. It's not a pretty time. <laughs> I mean, they're moody, right? But if I could be like, wow, I'm not going to take that personal because it can get pretty ugly. I don't know how my mom did it with nine. So oh my but gosh. if you're clear, right? So, but if you're clear on your value and you're clear about you're coming from a place of integrity and love, and you're holding a higher vision for themselves, this is particularly around drugs, uh, because we have children, we have heroin in our neighborhood. Kate, I'm so sorry, you know, we're but, out of time. Oh, no. oh my gosh! So listen, so I just I, I'm absolutely thrilled to be in your show. I'm creating a new uh, pro, uh, pilot called Heroes of Transformation. You can check it out at katemccade.com. Um, through uh, my Facebook, which is 